Welcome, everybody, to the Small Council Radio. Uh, tonight, we have uh, the last stop on our list of uh, going over each faction and how they, you know, kind of stack up with the meta. Uh, I know Adepticon really isn't uh, happening next week, so there, I guess there is no pressure to get your Targaryens all in order and, you know, try to find out the best list. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're going to finish out uh, since it is the last faction that we need to do. And maybe this will just help you with uh, any, turn like, local events or uh, just some friendly games in general. Maybe you're having a tough time with it. But uh, this is a small council where we discuss anything, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire by Simon. And... Uh, so the reason we do it uh, live is so that you guys can kind of call in and give us uh, your feedback. So just go ahead and uh, if you see the number on there, give us a call uh, for tonight's episode. Um, at some point, uh, I will take on a random caller to win a, uh, a unit box uh, of their choice out of uh, a bunch of unit boxes that we have available. Um, so unlike uh, the other shows, it's not going to be at the end of the show, um, you know, because I uh, have noticed a lot of people will come in and, you know, will call in and listen for a while, then, you know, dip out and then call back. And um, sometimes, you know, people can't stay for the whole show. So we're going to start doing uh, random uh, callers uh, throughout the show. So just uh, call on and, you know, uh, the longer you can stay on, the the higher chance you have that uh, you know you might get uh, a free unit box. So um, tonight we have with us uh, to talk about Targaryens is Juan Dinero. Uh, he is on to kind of you know give his insight on Targaryens. Uh, I'm gonna be um, uh, you know be letting him take the reins because, uh, you know, out of all the factions, Targaryens is probably by far the least uh, experienced any of us, uh, the hosts, have uh, with any of the factions. Um, you know, we know enough and we've played uh, against them quite a bit. And uh, I know, Chris, you, you played them a little bit. But, um, it'd be you know, it's, it'd be nice to hear from uh, Juan. So, um, yeah, tell us about yourself, uh, you know. Anything uh, so real, that got you into wargaming? Yeah, yeah. Real quick, so quick audio check. Can you hear me just fine? Yep. Okay, excellent. No, yeah. So I've been wargaming for quite a long time. Actually, uh, started quite a few years ago with a 40k army, believe it or not. And it really wasn't the game at all. I was, I was one of those like shadow gamers that wasn't. They just loved the miniatures. Uh-huh at people play games. <laughs> I was a little apprehensive, believe it or not. But the main thing I wanted to do was the hobby portion of it. So the painting and everything was just a huge, tremendous stress release. Really hey, uh, just uh, really took a- sorry, you're actually kind of choppy right now. Um, I don't know if something happened between uh, now and then. Okay. I don't know if it was. Uh, um, possibly. Uh, just keep going though. Um, uh, to okay. be outside, it might have been anyway. in or something. Yeah. Anyways, love playing war games. Love playing fast, aggressive armies that follow the rule ABC, and which is always be charging. And this army just fits that perfectly for me. Awesome. 
Yeah, they're definitely, uh, um, you know, much different than a lot of the other factions. Uh, they, I feel like they take a little bit of, you know, starts and then turn it into like an all, you know, cavalry uh, kind of faction, um, while still kind of, ha- kind of having the, their own identity. So the interesting but, um, thing is he brought up he brought up Warhammer. I know a lot of our listeners have some experience with Warhammer. I, I would he's likened them to this and I, I think I totally buy into what he's saying and it makes sense. Uh he actually used to play Dark Elves in, in Warhammer Fantasy and they had a lot of fast cavalry and it was a similar hit and run kinda get to your flanks and harass you, but they didn't really have much by way of staying power. So I, I think um any of you listeners who who are familiar with uh, Dark Elves and the skirmish style of, of war gameplay, this should kind of ring true to you. That's that's generally the play style I think that's going to excel with uh, Targaryen. So Mr. Juan was a fantastic Dark Elf player. So I think that's why he's 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 fitting in there like a glove. Oh yeah. Well, you also take you know for those Warhammer players, it would also be the Slanesh Demon Army, right? I'm going to get around you. I'm going to get to your flanks, your rear, cuddle up with you, and smack the shit out of you. Right? So that's why, yeah, it's just, this group, this, you know, this this army, like, I, I look at it right now, and I just see Slanesh. I love it. Yeah, I, I can see that, actually. So um, let's let's jump right into it, uh, Mr. Juan. Let's start talking about the units. Um, the Screamers are obviously the, the core box's basic troop. They're... They're your Targaryen foreign swords or Targaryen Lannister guard or whatever have you. So what, what's your take on Screamers right now? Do they feel they feel pretty balanced? Do they feel pretty strong compared to the other basic uh, core troops? Uh, just uh, what, what are you finding with them? Because I know you run them. I think, they're, I think they're amazing. I actually think that they're, they're probably a slightly under cost, right? Um, when I start looking at the, the card, I just can't believe they have the the morale that they have, right? I believe it's a six. I kind of feel that that might be a little too low for how good they are. And I think, you know, to get to that six-point value, they should probably be like a seven. But nonetheless, I think they're amazing for six points. If I, I'm actually trying to toy with the list right now where I bring six of them. Yeah, so speaking from, you know, the experience from our last game, they uh, – I think I think this army really rewards patience, and uh, I think it rewards a lot of finesse. So I know that you can – obviously, you've had your experiences with that. Um, um, yeah, so when they when they get into your flank or, or when they're supported by the uh, vulnerable tokens from the coast, um, that, that static attack line starts to really, really add up, and uh, then um, causing panic checks with uh, modifiers from being in your flank – um, their 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 attack profile is misleading. They definitely hit a whole lot harder than you think. Not to mention what the deck brings to them. So yeah, it's really the deck Brett, that that makes them shine unbelievably, right? I mean, if you think about some of the modifier cards that are out there, and how they'll benefit, you know, something like a veterans, right? So if at ten points, is that card making that ten point unit infinitely that much better and worth more points, or is it? Those, that card making a six-point unit that much better. I would tend to think that the card making the six-point unit tremendously much better, especially when you can bring so many of them. 
Yeah, that's a pretty solid way of looking at it. Uh, what about some of you other guys? Uh, you you played against them. How did how did you find dealing with the screamers? They're they're obviously incredibly fast. The deck and uh, Daenerys, which we'll get into some of the NCs later, but the deck really just on its own lends itself to cavalry. So what what do you, what do you think, Justin? What have you seen when you've played against them? So I've played against our friend Lucas quite a lot. And every time I play against it, like other armies, I've got ideas and like generally know how to fight them. Like, okay, this is what they're going to do. I have no idea how to fight Targaryens. I like, I lose some, I win some, it happens. But I still have no idea how to fight them. They're just like, I'm going to go like everywhere and you can't stop me. I'm going to be across the board and I'm going to charge you. It's going to be great. And when you play uh, neutrals, you tend to have, you know, not the greatest armor. Boy, do they excel against that. We played Fire and Blood actually recently. That was a bad day for me, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, it was it was quite painful. But uh, Targaryens are definitely interesting. I think they're, in my opinion, I guess, they're the most unique faction because they play unlike any other faction. The rest of us, we've got battle lines. We're maneuvering into positions to be able to uh, gang up on people, to, to shatter flanks or the center so we can kind of push through and wrap around. Targaryens, they're just, they're just like speedboats. Just wee <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, so in my experience, Targaryens, um, I think just like Justin said, they're, they're all over the board. Um, they always end up behind me. I mean, that's just, I don't know, they always, like, I don't know where it is. I'm trying to play them against them. Like, they, like, I always at least have one unit, like, in the back. Always, they always get around. Um, I think, again, I've, I've never played them, right, but I play against them, so I feel like with, like, just the cards and the stats, I don't think they're, like, that crazy of a unit, but it's weird to me that the majority of their stuff comes from cards and attachments, because I feel like every other army, they'll have, like, abilities printed on their cards, like, on their stat cards, but they're the only faction that, like, they're pretty, like, vanilla, and then everything comes from their cards and attachments, which is really interesting, I think. Um, but I, And I, I think the whole, I think a lot of their units shine because it, they're running as a full cavalry army. Like, it's a, if someone took, like, for example, if I was playing, I don't know, any army, let's say Lannisters, and they had a cavalry unit that was exactly the same stats as the Screamers, like, I wouldn't even be, like, worried about it. But it's, it's, it all comes from the cards and then the attachments, which is, like, like you guys have been saying, super unique and just super odd, I guess. Um, but it works. It works because they're all cavalry. So, like, just their maneuverability of the whole and their flanking, and it just it all works really well together. So, back just, to you, Mr. Juan. Um, <laughs> how, how do you feel about the... Uh, the, the uh, Outriders. Let's let's jump right into them. The, uh, the mobile <laughs> archers. I I haven't seen you yeah. run them much, but what what's your take on them? Do you see do you see a real role for them? Do you think they're a little underpowered? I'll I'll give my opinion on them after you, but um, I'm I'm curious to see what yeah. you think about them. I think some people absolutely love them, right? Um, for myself, I think the very first game I played with them, I ran two, and I was like, well, that didn't work too well. And then until I ran one the next game, and I was like, well, that didn't work well either. And then I stopped bringing them all together, and it worked really well <laughs> for myself, right? Um, 
the problem with the Outriders is I don't believe it gets your opponent to react to you, right? And so with an all-cab army like this, you're going to want to make your opponent react in their movements. And if I have you reacting the entire time, I'm winning. You're not imposing your will. I'm imposing my will on you. And I don't believe the Outriders help me do that at all, right, because they have no attack profile, right? And so right now I just don't see a fit for them in my play style, right? So I want to be aggressive, and I want turn two and turn three to be absolutely devastating. I want the game to be decided, you know? And I just don't know. The Outriders are probably a much longer play. In addition, if you're wanting to shoot with them and camp out on a – on an objective token, then possibly they could be worth it. But that's not what Targaryens or the Dothraki do, man. We're going to go out there, we're going to raid, we're going to pillage, right? So you're going to take out those units. You're not going to worry about sitting on those tokens for too long. You're going to make this a one-sided defeat. So to me, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not seeing it. Hey, guys. Uh, for those listening, I apologize for all the, the choppiness. Um, I'm not quite sure what is causing it. It might be the servers or something um, is making everything all choppy. Uh, but uh, hopefully uh, it'll, you know, uh, fix itself uh, shortly. Um, I don't want to leave the the show and then come back and then it not, uh, like, it'll kick everyone possibly. So uh, hopefully you can kind of bear through it. Um, and hopefully the choppiness doesn't get too bad. Uh, so I apologize, everyone. Um, this is the first time it's happened, and I think this is like our 13th episode. So, uh, yeah, just bear with us. Um, yeah, so I think the, the, the uh, Outriders, um, I feel like they're just, I don't know, I like them a lot. I just think they need a melee attack, even if it sucks, like really bad. I could care, I could care less if it sucked really bad, but they need one. I don't think anything in this game shouldn't have some sort of a melee attack, even if it's only like a couple dice, you know, hitting on like fives or something. But just not having one means, in my opinion, it feels like it means they don't know how to fight. And to say that about a Dothraki it just doesn't make any sense to me. I guess, uh, but that's just kind of my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think I don't. I think it's kind of like a huge hindrance for them because I don't think that they bring that much to the table in general. Um, like I don't. I don't feel too much of a threat when I'm playing against them. But I think that, and I think just them having a, you know, a melee combat attack value. That's just. It's like, I don't know, I mean, I could see them not even being used eventually, like, especially if more things come out, like no one's really going to take them, unless maybe they change them. So, like Dave said, they need to have better, like, an attack value or need to have better uh, range, like, range attacks or abilities or something cause to make it more worth putting them in the army, I think. Yeah, and I find it funny that um, I feel kind of the same way about um, – the screen, uh, Screamer Co. is, you know, an ability that only works when you charge. I mean, that is kind of like with Free Folk, uh, the Cave Dweller Alpha that gives a, a panic on a charge only, or you could take 
uh, a chosen of Steyr and throw out a weekend every time they activate. I mean, um, so I just, I feel like the the Screamer uh, or the Outrider Co. Uh, outshines the Screamer Co. in like every instance. And a vulnerable token is better than Sundering in a lot of cases. So I feel like they kind of made that attachment uh, not worth taking, uh, in my opinion. I feel like you definitely get more bang for your buck with the, the Outrider Co. Um, yeah, uh, so I guess we can go on to, I'll let the, um, Brett uh, pick the next topic. Okay. Well, while we're attacking, uh, while we're talking about the attachments, uh, our, our guest Juan here, he actually uses uh, one of each uh, of the codes. So, uh, if you want to give your alternate take there, Mr. Juan, uh, you put the Screamer Co. in your bets, correct? Yeah, absolutely, um, and I will continue to do so always uh, because I have to have that unit charged, and that unit has to get out of combat, right? And that enables them to do it, right? So with them, I just think I have to do everything I can to do much damage as physically possible because they're not going to want to take a charge in the flank or in the rear once someone counters me, once I charge you. And so um, I like the Screamer Co. And then for that reason, because that just gives me the necessary punch to get me two more wounds, man. And two more wounds could be a tremendous amount, especially when you add on panic. You know, you're averaging going to be about three. So that's a full rank plus one extra dude. So for the vets, I like the Screamer Co. I would, wouldn't recommend them necessarily for the other units, per se, but for the vets, I, I think he's invaluable. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, because uh, vets, you're going to, more often than not, you're going to get that charge off, so you're going to be able to make use of that sundering quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's more about what you are. It's more about the... It's more about you making sure that you do enough offense that you don't have to worry about defense. Because <laughs> you don't want to worry about defense with this army. Yeah, I think, it, I think it backs up your point where you mentioned not pouring your resources into your expensive units like the vets. So if you've, got mm-hmm. the, the screamer, if you've got the Screamer Co. on there and you're able to wipe out a unit on the charge, you don't have to worry about playing hit and run on those, uh, on those vets. And you can save that card for a much squishier unit. So... Um, having seen right. you use it in action, if if you if you kind of it's like that it's, it's like the alley oop, right? The alley oop and the slam dunk. The the outrider <laughs> code from another unit sets them up with the vulnerable, and then the vest come in and, and slam at home, you know. And it, it makes sense. It's I've seen it. It works. So uh, every I, day, I, I like every day. Yeah. Yeah. You also so, I, mean, uh, I also see I also see it, it's very much pincher attack too, right? So you want to have your screamer code always in the center of the field. Right, you want it to have that as the one that can charge any of the units across the board. And then you want to have your outriders on the far ends because then they're shooting inward saying, hey, this guy's going to be vulnerable. And then, bam, my screamer or my unit with a screamer code just goes gears left, hard left, or hard right, and goes and hits that unit. Right? So if I'm bringing three codes, which I usually do, you know, I'm going to have two outriders, and they're going to be on the far ends, as far left and far right as I can get them. And then I'm going to have my screamer right in the center with my vets typically.
Nice. Yeah. I, uh, the vets, um, I guess we can kind of jump into those. Um, you know, 10 points seems like a huge investment, but it really comes down to one of those you have to play the faction enough times to really uh, learn how to get them where they need to go to, you know, make their points worth. Because uh, they can definitely do it um, with the, um, the sheer number of attacks they can do with their uh, uh, charging volley. It it's definitely something that can uh, happen, especially like you were saying. You throw the you give them the sundering on the charge, and now like whatever uh, is left of the unit, depending on what the unit is, you know you could finish them off and easily make their points back. But then again, if you're not careful with them, it could be an easy ten points killed if you let the opponent get the drop on you. Yeah, I I was gonna say I I think that they're as of now, like, probably the scariest unit to go up against. Um, they're always, like, a target for me. Like, I'm like, if I can get rid of the vets, like, I'm good. <laughs> like, that's always that's always my goal when I play against them. Um, they, they are definitely the backbone of the Army right now, for sure. Um, I think they're worth 10 points. Um, I think that they're arguably better than Floyd men, even before they got to the range. Um, I think they take maybe, like Dave said, like a little more, like, I don't know, like a little more planning, I guess. But, man, dude, like, they, I mean, I've had it to where, like, they wiped out a unit or two. Like, they're they're pretty they're pretty devastating. Um, and I was actually going to ask John, in your opinion, I'm sorry, Juan, <laughs> in your opinion, <laughs> what do you, uh, how many would you run? Like, what's the max amount of bets you'd run in an army? Yeah, I've I've toyed with two, but I I just don't see it right um, now. While they're the scariest thing out there, I like to use them more as a looky loo, right? So you know, like the boxer that's sitting there, like winding up with their left, and like you got the other opponent looking at it, and you're like yeah, 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 bam! Then the right hits you. <laughs> you never even saw it coming, right? So with the vets, I'll dan- I'll dance them to one side, right, and then I'll make you keep thinking, keep thinking, keep thinking, and you're so focused right there. Then I got the other screamers looping around the bend, coming home, right? Going to say, hi, hi, and bringing the groceries right into your flank or right into your rear. <laughs> um, and so uh, I think right now, to be honest, to me, there's, I mean, that your opponent focuses so hard on them. It's such a distraction to them. If I can get them to start committing units to move in their direction and I just kind of dance around and be cute with them, my screamers are just doing so much more devastating damage with, uh, with cards and zones and stuff like that in the flank and in the rear. It typically gets somebody to open the door, in essence, right? If you think that their battle line is a straight line and I move my vets to the left or to the right, their battle line tends to open that door on the other flank to where I can get around. Interesting. Yeah, no, I just, I was just curious because, like, I've made mock lists. Mm-hmm. I feel like two might work. But, again, it's all in theory, you know, so I was just curious on what your opinion was. Mm-hmm. Actually, believe it or not, I know this is slightly off topic, but I'm I'm going back to playing Flaidman with them. I think they're an excellent match with this army, especially in my play style, which is five units, five cab units, and them holding a center, is, they just do it so well, and I've really enjoyed putting them in my list, and they've actually replaced the vet. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, uh, and either I see what you're saying though, one, about the. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Okay. I was going to say, I, I see what you mean, though, like replacing them. Uh, 
don't know how your lists have like fallen and like when it comes to like points, but um, that one extra point you save actually lets you fit a whole other unit if you're not taking any attachments. Uh, so like you can run four screamers and uh, mm-hmm. and Slademen with you know either commander and then your two uh, NCUs. But if you take the vets. That's one point you have no place to take it from, so that means you have to right. take a unit out. Cur- like currently, mm-hmm. unless you're going to run like you know uh, some other neutrals like cutthroats or whatnot. But um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I definitely see what you're saying about um, you know run the flayed men. Even even in my opinion, even though I think vets are definitely better than flayed men, that one extra point makes a big difference in your list building. That uh, it makes them you know, desirable in that sense. Yeah. Well, you also remember the flaming to throw out that panic on the charge. And if you're bringing Jorah, you turn that into a vulnerable, right? Or you turn it into yep. whatever you want it to be. Um, so it's, I think they're pretty solid still. And I also tend to run Roos as one of the NCUs with Illyrio. So I'm only spending three points in NCUs. You know, you can get a lot of units with, when only spending three points in NCUs. Nice. But yeah, especially with Roos, you're getting those extra panic tokens you can throw out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could probably run, like, a vet uh, at that price. You could run, what, Roos, uh, um, Ilio, or however you say his name. Um, mm-hmm. And then you run uh, three Screamers and two Flayed Men, or three Screamers, a Flayed Men, and a vet with the points that you save. Mm-hmm. My favorite list right now is four screamers and Flagman with Roos and Illyrio. But do you have uh, attachments in there? Two two uh, Outrider Coasts. Because I, I think you should have like four points left over if you do that. Because I have that same exact list, but I have uh, um, Daenerys and uh, I have both EMCUs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been throwing in, you know, uh, another NCU with that. I just haven't landed on exactly who that is just yet. I've been playing Barris a lot, and I've just I love him, right? And I mean, I think last time I canceled three of Brett's tactics boards with him in a row in one turn, which he did not like that very much. Um, no, it was but, yeah, I've been running, the, <laughs> yeah, running him too. But I, I just I really think Tycho has a place with these guys. Especially if you're running vets or flayed men, because it just, man, that bloom of life that he gives for that one turn can just really screw things up for the opponent. But then again, you know, controlling the field, having your opponent react to you, Varus is, is very strong there with this army. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, if you're uh, going to be running strictly uh, Targaryens, it is going to be sort of an uphill battle for right now until you get some more units out. Uh, but if you're willing to kind of dive into some of the neutrals, uh, you know, they don't mesh the best with this army, but they still provide a nice variety and a little extra, you know, you know, because Tycho, like you are saying, you know, Tycho with Flademen will always be amazing. Uh, five points healed on a Flademen, you know, uh, the higher defense your uh, unit is, uh, and not even just like armor, but you know, if you factor the morale, uh, just a combination. The more you heal on a unit like that, 
just makes the wounds worth that much more that you're you're spreading around. Whereas, like, if you're healing five wounds on a raider unit, you know, a free folk raider unit, it's not all that big a deal. Um, but you, uh, you heal it on a Flademan, and that could be a pretty big uh, swing right there. So I know, uh, Justin, you've had some experience with that. Well, healing Flademan? Yeah, with Tycho. Yeah, I mean, it was great. No, it still is great. That's one thing I've very much noticed about this game, actually. It's been on my mind lately. Um, higher defense, like, statically is superior to most things because there's so many abilities and stuff that benefit higher defense than others, but uh, generally they make up for it by making low defense things ridiculously killy. Um, but yeah, the Flademen are great to heal with Psycho. It's amazing. Hey, you got a really lucky swing on me. Did five wounds to my Flademen. That's okay. <laughs> Especially because, you know, Tycho being start of a turn, you know, you need to survive a hit. Okay, heal it. Mm-hmm. Oh, start of a turn on your turn, you need that extra rank to hit back at full. You know, so you top do that on too. If needed. Yep. I think uh, and even the, even vets. I mean, uh, consider this. You know, I mean, it may not sound like it, but vets are close to as defensive as Um They have one worse save. They have one better morale. So I know uh, a one-for-one one, uh, defense is always going to be better than morale. But when you're that close, you know, in in a defensive stat, if you're combining both, vets are pretty close. And you know. Going from, uh, what is it, five shots and then five melee to then seven shots, eight melee, if you wanted a Tycho to heal up uh, a vet unit before they, you know, spring into action, uh, would definitely be a good play as well. I, I think the bigger underlying thing with, with Tycho in this list, um, as, as Mr. Juan was talking about his uh, wind-up punch that he's getting ready to set up for his hook, so... He gives you, say, the flank of Kyle Drogo's Blademan. And uh, let's use an army like mine, for example, because, you know, that's how it happens. So he charges into, like, my veterans with his Blademan. Now, he knows that he's probably going to bounce off of the veterans. He's okay with that. Now, I watch her on the wall, my um, Sworn Brothers up there to take Kyle Drogo's flank. Maybe I severely hurt Kyle Drogo, but I don't wipe him out. Now he Tycho heals that unit. My Sworn Brothers, who are the heavy hitter, have activated. My vets are not going to kill them. And guess what? Now my ass is sticking out to his Screamers on the other side of the flank. And Screamers charging into the ass of a 4-plus unit is probably a dead 4-plus defensive save unit. If not dead, they're they're crippled beyond belief. So I I think that's a very, very good way of using Tycho is you use your own super scary unit as bait, right? And then you heal them back up, and then you're like, shit. And now now your rear and your flank are exposed to these super mobile guys. And uh, that's something similar to what John did to me, actually, and, and it worked. He he gave me the flank of his veterans, and I, and I took it, and I flank charged them with my sworn brothers, and they didn't kill the veterans. And then, you know, here comes Cal Drogo, and it, and it was bad. So uh, I think uh, that's, that's one good way of using him. Uh, I definitely like the way John's talking about the – the wind up and then the the opposite fist hooking that's that's kind of that kind of makes sense that's what they do so yeah I, I think a lot of times you know if you, if you get the the bright shiny unit is better served 
as a distraction at times, right? Because with the screamers, like I said earlier, being so good at six points, uh, people are just going to overlook them and be like, holy shit, those vets are scary, right? And they're going to react to them, leaving them to run their own free will and then be able to position later on and, and really wreak havoc. Yep. So, uh, so Flayed Men are definitely an, a really nice addition. Uh, and, you know, because they're cavalry, uh, they definitely mesh very well, especially with two uh, commanders uh, that are both on, both on mount. Um, but, uh, Juan, what would you say uh, to Cutthroats, uh, or I guess any of the other neutrals for, uh, you know, before, since it's their... Uh, they have limited options, and they only really have cav options. What would you say to any of the mummers, uh, boltons, or storm crows? Uh, I'm I'm a bolton by heart, so I would definitely say the cutthroats, right? Because I, I got to do damage, right? I'm I'm not here to stay and cuddle with you for very long. So cutthroats, <laughs> I need them to come in and smash. My problem is with cutthroats, I need my homeboy Dario up in them. And he's really difficult to get into them uh, with them now being a seven-point unit and with this army already having expensive units. But if I had to put in a, 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 a neutral unit on foot, it would be cutthroats for, just for the sheer amount of damage they can do, and they're only five points. And what I would do is I'd use them in reserve, get something going on where you hit my flag man, and then you know the cutthroats slog up eventually and hit you in the flank or something. Yeah, I definitely like uh, out of all the options. Unfortunately, you know, since Stormcrows kind of like mesh like story-wise with the um, Targaryens, but I think Boltons just are the superior uh, of all those three like sub-factions of neutral are the su- superior ones. Um, so I would definitely agree. Like if you're going to jump into yeah. If you're going to jump into some neutrals for now uh, to mix in, um, then I would definitely say Boltons, Bastards Girls, you know, are somewhat fast enough uh, in the sense that they can kind of close the gap with their Sikkim ability. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if you're looking to maybe kind of make some lists with that, I would try some Boltons out. Storm Crows. Uh, we'd have to get some more attachments. Um, so I'm going to actually jump into uh, what's been spoiled and kind of combined it with Stormcrow um, attachment. Uh, so the Unsullied were spoiled as well as their Unsullied officer. I'm going to jump into the officer real quick because I want to combine it with uh, the possibility of the Stormcrow units because they give a discounted uh, point. And uh, from what we've been told is confirmed is the insulate officer is three points for a generic attachment but that's because at the for an order at the start of a friendly turn instead of activating a unit this unit makes one free attack action so if you put them in a storm crow uh unit either the two units are out um it's any free attack so it can be a melee or a uh, a range attack and they're going to only be two points instead. So for two points extra, you're going to be getting free attacks with all your Stormcrows. Uh, then again, jumping into uh, what he's paired with, which is the Unsullied Swordmasters, um, six movement, four up armor, four up morale, uh, melee attack, which is 10, 7, 6, 
hitting on twos, and they have precision, and um, they can never gain condition tokens. And they are uh, supposedly confirmed at nine points. So if you're going to combine both of these together, you're looking at a 12-point unit. That's a lot of points, but it is very strong, especially if you combined it with any other outside effects, you could definitely be causing a lot of havoc. And the six-inch move really does help if you're running cavalry with them. They're you know at least somewhat being able to keep up. What do you think, uh, Juan? Well, so I don't know. I struggle with any of the Stormcrow units um, to put them in because now I'm playing three zones on the tactics board. I do never want to have to focus on three zones, right? So, I mean, already already with the targs, I'm looking at swords if I'm running cow or I'm looking at the horse, right? And ideally, with my army build, I only want to focus on one tactic zone that I need to take, right? So if I, order, if I add in Stormcrows, now I'm looking at the bags as well. And so that just really splits my NTUs and kind of like forces me to do things when I'd rather have the free will to be able to play the board and do what I need to do. And the targs right now, I think they need to draw cards. So the envelope is, you know, that's where my boys are hanging out a lot of the time. So um, that's why I have not played the storm crows because I do see the power in them, <laughs> but I just don't see my ability to be able to use the zone to help them out. Well, good news is uh, I personally don't think that the storm crows <laughs> generically need the money. I have so far taken the money once for a free attack. If you ever take the money, generally it's because you need it for something else. Uh, plus their attack <laughs> profiles right now don't justify most of the time. Obviously, it's semi-situational. But with hitting on fours with seven dice, what? why would you sacrifice so much just to get three hits on someone? Because 3.5 is what you're averagely looking at. Yeah. So it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it was just one of those, uh, I figured, like, if you're paying three points, it'd be nice to only have to pay two points for it. But yeah, it's definitely going to probably be more effective in a harder-hitting unit for that, you know, paying full price. Um, but uh, the Unsullied, I think, still would be a nice uh, mixture if you wanted to do, like, an all-foot Calvary, or all-foot um, Targaryen uh, list, you know, maybe mixed with Unsullied and, uh, and Stormcrows uh, might be nice. Um, but uh, does uh, Targaryens have any way to get critical blow? Do they have any tactics cards? Mm-hmm. Uh, Audrey, Yeah. Yeah, they have one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Cal so Robo card. the Dothraki word for kill. <laughs> so yeah, giving the Unsullied critical blow is going to make them insanely good. So, um, if you're able to give them critical blow, I'd almost even say that they'll annihilate anything they charge into. Because when you're hitting on, the thing about hitting on two up is if you're charging in and you got rerolls and you have critical blow, you're rerolling everything that wasn't a six. At least if you're me, I'm doing that. Um, especially if you're having critical blow combined with precision because they do stack. And 10 dice. And you'll have, yeah, 10 dice. Rerolling on two ups, I'm going to charge in, and I if it's not a six, I'm rerolling it because 
my benefits, my chances of rolling a six are the same chance of rolling a one, but my benefit of having that six is way better than the bene- or the downside of having a one. So uh, these guys, if you can roll enough sixes, will just annihilate something on the charge if you can give it a critical blow. Um, so I hope. I'm sure Simon has already, you know, seen this, but I hope that there's no, like, abundant way to give Critical Blow, or otherwise this unit is going to be insanely good. <laughs> well, and they don't even need to charge, because they always get, they always get rebuilds, right? Well, for well, Adrobat to get crit, they need it. Well, I was oh, saying, though, with the, the rerolls is... Yeah, with the rerolls though, any not sixes, you could just reroll it to add a better chance. If you don't have rerolls, then you just get what you get. Is why I guess what I'm saying. Like you don't need the rerolls to hit, but the rerolls give you the ability to just reroll everything to get that many more sixes. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I got you. I just I didn't realize that that card was only on the charge up. Oh, I think gotcha. it is. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, even if it isn't, like, yeah, you could still do, like, the combo. Um, oh, no, no, you know, it's with whatever. I'm an idiot. They just yeah, have it until like, the end of the round. Still... Okay, okay. You can still do the combo. You can still do the combo either way, but, but, um, oh, Sundering too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these guys <laughs> with that card, are, <laughs> they're probably going to annihilate anything they charge into, especially if, uh, um, because the Unsullied Officer is at the start of a friendly turn, they can charge into something and basically annihilate it. And then uh, the opponent will get, have one reaction before they then get a free attack. So uh, if they decide to attack you back with what you just charged, it's probably not going to be uh, very hard hitting because they're probably going to be down to one rank unless you did it really bad. And if they hit back with that unit, they don't really do anything. If they activate something else, you then start of your very next turn, finish the unit off to be, you know, unengaged and ready for the next fight. Um, this is definitely going to be, I think, uh, one of those units and combos with the attachment uh, you're going to have to watch out for. So if you're playing against Targaryens, um, I don't know if a lot of you guys remember when Night's Watch first came out, they're, like, unbeatable, but that's because people really didn't know how to handle them. I think that's going to be the same situation with these guys. I think when they first come out, they're going to seem so absurdly broken uh, until people kind of understand how to deal with them. Because remember, they are going to be a 9-slash-12-point unit with this combo, so that's really going to soak up a lot of their points. So if you just let this unit do what it's meant to do, it's going to run over you like any other Death Star in another game. Or in, in you know... Because I, I wouldn't really say there's any Death Stars in this game, but uh, if you just let it do what it's meant to do, it's going to just run over you. But uh, if you know how to handle it, you, you should be able to mitigate it uh, and handle it uh, fairly well. Just Walder and shut them off and put tokens on them. It'll be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not weekend, though. Never put a yeah, weekend so. token on. That's just dumb. So it's something to, uh, important to note is the unyielding says this unit may never gain condition tokens. So if you turn that ability off and put con- uh, condition tokens on them, once the ability turns back on, you can still use the tokens. You're not um, 
they're not gaining the token. They've already gained it uh, so that you've bypassed that ability. So you don't uh, don't think that you have to use them, the tokens or they'll fall off once Walder turns off. Uh, yeah, they had the experienced that this weekend. Yeah, so they'll keep the tokens, um, and you'll you know you'll be able to use them whenever you want to use them. Uh, their ability only prevents the placing of them. Uh, so just keep that in mind. That is some way, uh, one way to get around them. I feel like Simon's uh, done a nice balance with tempting people to want to run Walder in every list, but then you know when you take Varys or even Olena when she comes out. Uh, it's going to be some fairly hard counters to Walder that uh, that kind of puts him in his you know puts like that checks and checks and balances in place. What do you think, uh, um, uh, Juan? Um, yeah, I mean I agree. I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time seeing them being able to be played in my play style right now. I'll be excited to see them. But um, you're just investing so much in a unit that's just not keeping up with the rest of the boys on the horses, right? <laughs> These guys have got to get on mm-hmm. the horse and ride, and they're going to be a little bit behind. <laughs> um, they'll be they'll be fun though. I mean, don't get me wrong, they'll be fun, but they're going to be tough. I'm I'm really interested to see you know what else they come out with in the future beyond just the the swords, right? The dudes, you know, with the whips on the horses hitting up the uh, the lions. Those kitties are going to be. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a better yeah. version of my Bastards Girls. I'm going to be sad. <laughs> so, uh, so that was the Unsullied. Uh, we're going to go to the most powerful. Um, the next unit we're going to talk about is the most powerful unit probably in the game um, by far, and that would be uh, Jor Mormont, the solo. Um <laughs> 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 about that. So what are your takes on wounds? that, Jose? I don't. Why? Why? Why two wounds, man? Like, well, I mean, I, that's, that why does he mind. have less than it's, other horses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you uh, think, yeah, Jose? Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not seeing a use for him right now. Um, the if it was long range, be able to throw vulnerables and weakens, that, that might be of interest to me, right? Because then I could really use them as somebody that you know, hang out on the far flanks. And that's you know, activation really too Yeah, but it, the short range is difficult, man. I try to make it work, but it's too hard, and then there's too many things that can just pop two wounds so easily. So yeah, the stats I, I don't even like. One. His stats don't even, like, help him survive. <laughs> like a fourth yeah. save with two wounds, I could look at you with, like, a smirk and you'll die. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of feel like he's just there to fill in some points because when I have been just making lists for fun, I do find myself a lot of times with three, four extra points sometimes. Um, I can, you could see yourself dropping him in if you haven't taken him as the commander or as an attachment. Um, but whew, yeah, the short range just kills me. Right? Um, I would probably run them more though, like I said, if, if it was a long range vulnerable and weakened. Yeah, I mean, I could see him being as he is. I could see him being, I don't know, maybe two points, giving you that extra activation sort of thing. But three points, I mean, 
uh, I mean, that's the price of an NCU, and he's doing much less, in my opinion. Um, so, I don't know, maybe give him, you know, as is, I would say, maybe have him have four attacks and hitting on three ups uh, and maybe three wounds, and I think that would be a nice, uh, but I mean, two attacks, I mean, hitting on fours, I mean, it's not saying much for their uh, their confidence in the guy's uh, nightly. Abilities. Yeah, why does he, why does he hit on fours? He's <laughs> like he won a tournament. <laughs> this dude's uh, clearly a, like decent knight. To be honest with you, how poorly like I, I I think he is. I hadn't even noticed that he hits on a four up. That is weak. <laughs> <laughs> He's never gotten into combat for you, has he? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you think a, a standard streamer is hitting on a three plus? Jeez, you know, wow. But well, I mean, uh, maybe they really like... find time with the free companies and the Stormcrows hit on fours. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I like they the concept. <laughs> I definitely like the concept of him and whatnot. I just feel like he's just, I guess, too weak um, to really add his three points worth. Unless um, you just like leave him on an objective like next to your territory for the entire game until someone crown bombs him. Well, that's the thing, though, with a four-up save, you know, a crown bomb isn't that super out of the question. You need, Mm -hmm. if you roll a four or less, uh, especially if you Cersei him, like, you could crown bomb him pretty easily because with two wounds, it doesn't matter what you roll. You die if you fail. Mm -hmm. So, um, at least with three wounds, you could, you know, survive potentially survive a crown bomb, but, but yeah. Maybe he just um, has a really bad horse. Maybe he's like the worst horse ever. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, it doesn't I mean I understand like he's armored and like the Dothraki aren't, but I mean outriders or Stark mm. outriders are armored just as much as he is and they move six. Um I feel like he should also be a six. Um in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, think I'm kind of, every... He's still... Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just, laughing. I'm just laughing at the card right now. It's, just, it's hysterical. Uh, you know, a veteran who has a four-up, right? Hey, our armor on our horse. They're move... Those boys are moving six. Old Jorah, in his old age, he must be riding a hag. Um, that thing's only moving a five. This is pretty sad. This guy's got the rough end of the stick here. This is, this is pretty dismal. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, too, I, I, unless I'm wrong, I, I think every cavalry in the game hits on threes. Like, even, ah. even uh, Outriders hit on three now, right? The, the um, Night's Watch cavalry hits on fours in combat. Oh, all right. But, well, they're but primarily they archers. Yeah, they hit on threes when they shoot. Yeah, and I guess it doesn't make. Close. If you read the back of Jor's card, uh, like the description of like him himself, like the the fluff, the the story, like it even talks him up pretty good, um, which doesn't make sense. So I mean, they're yeah. definitely aware of his abilities. Uh, so, I don't know, I'm confident that, uh, you know, Simon will probably wait to see whether or not he gets played. And just like any of the other changes, you know, if he's, like, not seen at all, you know, I'm 
I'm pretty confident that they'll they'll do something to definitely make them worth the uh, you know worth taking. Whether yeah, it like be, Dreadboard uh, Captains. Well, just talk about it. Oh yeah, because it's pretty damn good. Yeah, just yeah, man, his, we beat him down now, build him up a little bit, <laughs> pick him up a little. I'm gonna kick yeah, him. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> So yeah, his attachment. Let's see here. Um, he is. Uh, we're going to talk about his just his generic attachment, not his commander, which is for two points. Uh, an order when this unit passes the panic test, one enemy engaged with this unit suffers D3 wounds, and then um, and all the uh, an ability that's all the time, which is the unit he's in will get plus one move and ignores dangerous, rough, and hindering. So this is actually really good in some uh, uh, vets uh, with that five-up morale. Um, granted, this is giving him more defense and maneuverability instead of like offensive capabilities. But you know, if you have Tycho, this would be a nice way to really punish your opponent with um, charging in, getting all that damage, and then uh, um, when they're attacking back, taking D3 wounds and then um, healing your own guy, you know, healing them back up. Uh, or even, you know, uh, Flademan. Flademan uh, would be nice too, giving them that plus one move, make them just as fast as the rest of your army, and then, uh, you know, they still have a six-up morale, so it's definitely, uh, you know, above average. What do you it's think, Brett? Killer. If they dare to oh, yeah. their dire wolf unit, you know, even if they just forget about it, they're probably killing their own dog. Um, I mean, it's not just dogs. Doing auto wounds is always nice. Um, obviously, they disregard armor. Uh, unfortunately, it won't trigger panic tests, which is another great way to get through heavily armored stuff. But uh, doing auto wounds is always welcome. Um, I could see him being used two points a little steep. Um, they've got cards, and they're, I mean, they're already fast, so I think I, I think Juan and I kind of see eye-to-eye eye on that, that, that adding more speed is kind of like, you know what I mean? It's it's a little redundant. It's redundant, but, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, it's saturating all, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's, why, that's why most people overlook Danny as well, right? Because she's, she's already, I mean, you want to play to your strengths, but you don't, I mean, there's at some point were your law of diminishing returns, right? And I just think that, you know, you're kind of, you topped out there on speed. Now, if you're speeding up your flayed man, that, that's a really good thing. But outside of that, I'm not so certain that it's worth it. I would, uh, I would say that, yeah, maybe he's uh, not very useful for Dothraki units, but I would certainly wouldn't say two points is steep by any means. There are, there are way worse attachments out there throughout the game for two <laughs> points that have horrible abilities. Um, so he, I think he's a really good value for two points. However, like you guys have said, at some point he may start being a little redundant and diminishing for Dothraki at the moment. Flademan's probably where he shines, well, just like you guys said. I want, I want to reword it. It's not that he's steep. He's definitely great for two points. Uh, the Targaryens are expensive shit. So they're, yeah, they're already you really expensive yourself. and you're adding a, you're adding a two point attachment when you really need to be adding bodies and activations and, uh, I think generally I would rather have two two Ko's than one Jora, but that's just me and I don't play them, so I just get you know kicked in well, the teeth by them. 
Well, remember, Jorah does, though, he, you know, he does the attachment, allows you to expend, you know, a token as any other token, right? So if you That's do have them in a unit in, you know, or the commander, right? If you have them in a commander, unit... Yeah. Yeah, with the, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you do have him though in a unit of flayed men, because they're already going to generate the the panic token on their own, um, you can fit, see how well you hit. Could turn that into a vulnerable if you need to. Yes, I agree with that. I, I mm-hmm. we can. I mean, we can move on to him if we want. I, I think Commander Jor is great. Well, um, yeah, I was just going to add. Really good. I was just going to add uh, one last thing. Is one thing to keep in mind with his attachment is. Uh, uh, Targaryens don't really have many ways to do auto wounds so uh, the Jorah attachment will definitely at least give you that because like giants might give you some trouble um, but they're going to be yeah. scared to be swinging at you if they know they're going to be taking D3 wounds in return if they you know if you're passing that morale so running you know uh, a Flademan unit into a giant uh you know, and them being scared to swing back because they might just outright die. Uh, you know, they might take a big chunk of you with you, but then you just maybe if you have Tycho, just oh, Tycho heal right back up. Now, you know, if one dead giant, but um, that's definitely one thing to keep in mind is uh, Targaryens at the moment don't have a ton of ways to do auto wounds. But, uh, but yeah, we can jump into uh, his uh, commander, um, which is. Uh, let's see here. It is um, while this unit is engaged, you may expend a condition token on an enemy with this unit as if it were any other condition token. And then another order, which is when this unit passes a panic test, they suffer D3 wounds. So you're going to get uh, that same ability as his attachment. So uh, either way, Jor is going to add those extra auto wounds to really help with, uh, you know, um, things like giants or things where you want, you know, you really need to be doing those auto wounds. Um, so definitely uh, him in one of the lists would uh, definitely be a smart thing to do if, you know, you see your opponent has a list where you really got to, you know, get past their high defense. What about you, uh, Juan? Would would you say uh, how often do you usually run um, your commander? Uh, I've run him a couple of times. I do really like him. Um, and his cards are great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I kind of question whether or not they play to the army's strength. Right? So if I'm going to be charging and I need to be doing damage, does he give me all those cards that I need to be able to do that? Right? Because um, I, I see there's there's one there where we restore wounds, right? That's nice. But wait a second. I need to be doing wounds, not necessarily restoring wounds. And then there's another one there uh, where, you know, you have your defensive save. Well, dang it, I should be hitting you. You shouldn't be hitting me, right? So he really has the one card then that is offensive. So right now, with being, playing them very aggressively, um, I'm struggling with adding Commander Jor into my list. I do think he is very strong. His cards are very good. But if I'm if I'm trying to saturate my list with just doing all damage, I'm not certain that he is uh, the commander for myself. That's fair. Um, one like- thing to keep in mind keep in mind though is that uh, so 
definitely it depends on like your list. If your list has like a ton of offense already, I feel like you really don't it kinda goes back to what you guys are talking about. Um, you know, if you're already super fast, you really don't need to be any faster, uh, or else you kinda start mm-hmm. losing, you know, any like a lot of the value. Uh, same thing I think with offense, that kinda goes with like my Starks and uh, my Umber list. Uh, you know, Stark Umber is already so offensive that I actually run um Blackfish Commander and then some other elements like Eddard uh, NCU and Catlin for, you know, the token removal and the, all the healing to give myself uh, a bit of defense, which helps give me, like, staying power. And I feel like uh, Jor would definitely uh, add that to it, you know, because Martial Superiority is, in my opinion, like, one of the best cards in the entire game, especially if you were to run your uh, um, men into a giant and then uh, do a bunch of damage, and then they attack, and you play this card, and it doesn't do anything because they lose all their dice. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, would that mean you auto-pass your morale test, even if they had no dice? Because they still attacked, and you still go down the line yep. of... So yep. you one, could one-shot one a giant. Attack, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it's very good. But also remember what we the very first topic that we talked about, which was the Screamer, right? The Screamer stat line isn't that scary, right? However, mm-hmm. if I can get more aggressive cards with an army that already has an issue with drawing cards, then that's the reason why I tend to go to, towards a commander where I know all six cards are going to be uh, offensive. Because I need to support yeah. those screamers and make those screamers a better unit. Yeah, so maybe, maybe Jora. I mean, it, just playing off what you said, Juan. Like maybe Jora might be best in like an elite army, right? Like so, think about oh, yeah. like you when you're running Flaveman, Vets, Young Thug when they come out. Like maybe that's where he'll really shine, I guess. But even now, I don't think mm-hmm. he's bad. But um, but I understand your point, though, that, yeah, Caldrago gives you what you need to make your units even better. So I totally get that. But, you know, maybe he'll be better, like, as an elite, you know, like an elite commander, which would be kind of cool to see, I think. Uh, he's definitely, um, if you, he's definitely the more def- uh, defensive of the two. And the nice thing, you know, with most tournaments, you're going to have two lists. And as it is, like, you can either go the route of, like you were saying, Roos and uh, save those points in the NCUs um, or even just still run three NCUs and just have, you know, three and then the ability to throw out those panics. But uh, Or, you know, you, you have Jor for the more defensive list uh, or just defensive element. And then uh, we can kind of jump into uh, uh, Drogo, which is, you know, like the... Awesome, most awesome guy to ever exist. Yeah. You know, well, second, <laughs> second most awesome. But uh, you know, he's going to add a ton of uh, offense to the army. You know, when it already, you know, it already has pretty good uh, chunk of offense. But he himself is going to uh, add. Um, Whenever you successfully charge, uh, they become vulnerable. The enemy becomes vulnerable. And then onslaught, so when they're targeted by the free attack, uh, they can make a charge action instead. Uh, And this can be huge because 
you know, getting that free attack, especially like round two. Um, I can't tell you how many times, you know, start of round two, nothing's engaged yet. And you don't want to charge because you know they're going to take the free attack. You know, so you take the free attack knowing you can then basically deny that free attack back on you uh, by using his onslaught ability. Is uh, so is like Drogo your kind of number one guy to go with uh, Juan? Oh yeah, he's the Corvette man. He is awesome. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you you think about that with his cards with the swords too, because you're gonna want to play that. You want to get it on thought. Then his cards harmonize with that. Two of them have benefits from the swords, right? So yeah, I just right now I'm having a hard time not putting him on the table. Um, just love him. Love him to death. I think in any unit he does well. There's sometimes where, you know, um, if I am playing a unit that I want to um, be um, a distraction, like I was talking about earlier, with the with the unit of veterans or perhaps slade men, um, I don't even think it would be poor to put him in a unit of screamers by any means, right? Um, I, I, very very good into you. I love his cards. I also feel like as you, of right now. I feel like as of right now, he is the go-to uh, commander until something else comes out uh, that you're going to be guaranteed to take if you're running any Unsullied because his, his ability to give them Crypt Blow and Sundering is too devastatingly good to pass up, in my opinion. So that one you're is gonna... a little harder to set up, though, because you have, to, you have to do it when you take the swords, so you're not always taking it before a charge because then you're wasting the sword. So it's... It's a little funky, but it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, let's see. Attach this to an enemy combat unit until the end of the round. Um, while attached, uh, melee attacks targeting that unit gain critical blow. So, yeah. So, you're. it's going to be hard to trigger that with a, with a charge, like you were saying. Um, but you could always... It doesn't say it has to be who you're attacking. It just attaches True. to someone. So if you are yep. going to, let's say, take the free attack on the board and use uh, Onslaught with Drogo and attack someone different, you could attach this card to whoever the Insulid are about to attack. Um, because if you have a free attack with Drogo into a unit, their next action is probably going to be to heal that unit with the money bag or they're going to swing back before Drogo then swings again possibly either killing them or making them so weak that it's not going to matter, leaving you to then charge with your Unsullied and get this effect um, for the Critical Blow and Sundering. So that might be one, you know, nice combo to try to set up, you know, give your put your opponent in a really tough uh, situation of, you know, what they should do. In your um, three-point army? To... Or your three-unit <laughs> army? Because 19 <laughs> points are between Drogo, Vets, and Master. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that would be rough. All right. I've used all my activations. I'll see you later. Well, let's see. You could have, if you do that, you'd have 9 plus 10. That's 19 plus 12 is 30, 31. Uh, so yep. You could still have got some points in attachment. <clears throat> or NCO. So, you, you could have. You get four units. Be an elite. 
But uh, next up, uh, we got Ride by Attack. When a friendly, unengaged cavalry unit activates it as its action this turn, the unit may pivot, march, and move through enemies during this march. After completing this action, it may resolve one charge attack on the enemy it passed through, including charge bonuses and flank rear bonuses based on the defender's line of sight arc the attacker began the action in. So if you're, you know, just uh, keep in mind when you play this card, Make sure you check which line of sight arc you were in uh, before you did the move, and that's you know, and it makes sense. You know, it's you're going based off the defense of what you're moving through. So if you move through their front, they're looking at you with their shields and all that, and so they're going to get like those bonuses and so on. But I'm a um, speedboat. A uh, funny uh, situation that happened uh, at our tournament uh, uh, on Saturday. Um, Drogo ride by uh, did a ride by attack through some uh, Lannister guardsmen, and uh, they passed their Lannister or their morale, and then Drogo died by Lannister supremacy. <laughs> so, Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> he didn't deserve that life. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe he did. But this is definitely a really awesome attack uh, or card. You know, getting a free attack and getting the ability to move through a unit. Um, uh, is it uh, when engaged? Oh no! So it's not a free attack, but it's basically an attack in combination with a move. So you could definitely get into amazing, uh, you know, positioning with this. You could move through them, get to their flank or rear, get the attack, but not have to be engaged for being attacked back. And if you're not in their line of sight, then they're not going to be able to charge you without some sort of an ability. Um, and then last up for his cards, we have Devastating Impact. When a friendly unit declares a charge, uh, so it's the same as the Stark one with a little difference. Um, so the unit may reroll the charge this dice and attacks deal plus two additional automatic hits. If you control the uh, combat zone, uh, units automatically count as having rolled a six uh, for their charge distance and plus two uh auto wounds instead of hits. So I believe the only difference is devastating impact for Starks is going to want the maneuver zone, um, and this one's going to want the combat zone. So uh, definitely an amazing card to add. Uh, a nice twist uh, that kind of fits the you know the faction a little better. But, um, but yeah. Do you guys have any uh, last like takeaways with this one? Oh, just yeah. makes those screamers so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, you know, because what, seven attacks hitting on threes turns into seven attacks with two at least automatically hit. Or if you have the auto wounds, you're going to auto trigger that panic test, which is big. Um, and even though Starks like the maneuver zone, um, I've always found it as not like a, a must. But with when you have the combat zone being your trigger, you're almost always wanting the combat zone no matter what faction you are. So uh, I almost feel like this devastating impact is better because um, you imagine if Stark's devastating impact was this trigger instead, it would just be ridiculously, you know, that much better. But, um, you know, two auto wounds is a big deal, especially if you're using this to charge into a giant um and do, you know, two automatic wounds, meaning you only got four left to go through. You really hate giants, don't you, Dave? Do they scare you? 
<laughs> I just like using them as the example because I know a lot of people. Uh, you, it depends on the person, but you're either on the fence that they're not strong enough, or you think they're ridiculously too overpowered. And I'm kind of in the boat that it just depends on if you have the answers, and that's why I like to point out the answers. That way, those that are uh, listening that are having any trouble, they're on that side of the fence that uh, you know they're finding giants to be too overpowered, just look at those auto wounds and uh, abilities and try to put a couple of those elements into your lists, and you'll definitely find that dealing with the giants are much easier. I'm just playing with you, buddy. They're <laughs> doing auto wounds to the fact that no, you're, you're doing not. two wounds for everyone, so I'm just messing with you. You're not messing with me. You're, you're being mean. No, TV's <laughs> mean. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, I think that kind of wraps up the show. Um, looks like we uh, lost uh, the color that we had. Um, so, I will save the unit box for next week. Um, that episode uh, might even do two unit boxes. Uh, we'll see. Uh, definitely uh, keep in mind to call in to uh, you know win a free unit box. Uh, maybe I'll do a random one on, on uh, like, a Facebook post or something. But, uh, yeah, just keep that in mind. Um, thank you so much, uh, Juan uh, De Niro, for coming on and giving your insights on the faction. Um, do you have any shout-outs um, you wanted to give? No, just thank you. It's fun. You know, I'm definitely, you know, I understand that I have a bit of a personality. You know, I love to play the way that I like to play. So I hope that some people find that enjoyable, right? And, you know, and, and see this army uh, and its strengths and what it's able to do. And if that's the desire that they liked it in their play style, you know, hearing from someone that has had um, some success with them and plays with them in a little bit different way, um, I hope that's beneficial to them. Awesome. Yeah. And thanks again for coming on. Uh, thanks everyone else, uh, all of our hosts uh, for coming on. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in, those uh, listening live and those uh, that are, you know, uh, listening to the recordings on any of the um, sites that we have it up on. Uh, for those that uh, don't know all the different sites, we have it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and on this site, which is Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can listen in on any of those. Make sure, again, you like and share the show out. Um, it's definitely the best way to help uh, support and have us grow. Uh, just let your friends know that we exist and that they can listen to us, um, you know, whenever on any of those uh, sites. You know, with everything going on, uh, this is like the perfect time to kind of catch up on our episodes. If you haven't listened to, you know, all the other episodes we have, I believe, like I was saying earlier, this is like our 13th episode. So go check out the other 12 Um and just like thank a real you guys show. for all this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we continue to do it, you know, and we, we love doing it for you guys every Tuesday, 8 p.m. live. Uh, and thank you again, guys, for uh, supporting us. And, uh, you know, this is the small council, and it is dismissed. <laughs>